0: Welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. On a weekend where Yeovil came from behind to get a one-all draw against Maidstone United, and unfortunately the Lionesses could not reach the final pinnacle and losing in the World Cup final, we did see plenty of action in the men's game across the EFL of the Championship, League 1 and League 2. That, of course, will be our main focus tonight. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews, of which we have plenty tonight, that you can come to enjoy over the next hour. So, without further ado, let's jump straight into the Championship, and we'll start with the Friday night game. Leeds United 1, West Bromwich Albion 1. Former Leeds United backroom staffer Carlos Corbron had to settle for a draw on his return to Ellum Road with West Brom. Corberon's baggies look set to steal all three points with Brandon Thomas Asante's controversial 52nd minute opener. Jason Malumbi's shot clearly deflected off Thomas Asante's arm, but the goal stood. But despite the heroics of visiting keeper Alex Palmer, who made two fine saves from Dan James in both halves, Leeds kept their heads and skipper, and more importantly, former Glover Luke Ayling levelled. He powered a 72nd-minute header into the top right-hand corner from Welsh international James's cross to earn the hosts a point. And that was the very least the hosts deserved to secure a second successive home draw for Daniel Fark's relegated leads following their first 2-all draw with Cardiff City. On to the Saturday games now, and we'll start with the lunchtime game. Plymouth Argyle 1, Southampton 2. Che Adams struck an injury-time winner for Southampton to end Plymouth's unbeaten start to life back in the Championship. It looked like it would end one-all after two goals at the start of the second half, when last season's Argyle leading scorer Ryan Hardy leveled just two minutes after Nathan Teller had put the visitors ahead. But Everton target Che Adams, who may have been playing his final game for the Saints, had the final word. Despite Connor Hazard brilliantly saving Adam Armstrong's header, Scotland international Adams was lurking unmarked at the far post, where he chested down and hammered home a right-footed volley from just two yards out. Blackburn Rovers 1, Hull City 2. Substitute Aaron Connolly scored two late goals to give Hull their first away win of the championship season at 10-man Blackburn Rovers. Sam Gallagher capitalised on uncertain defending to fire Rovers ahead from inside the penalty area after 74 minutes. But their lead lasted less than seven minutes, as summer signing Aaron Connolly equalised with a delightful 81st-minute strike before racing clear and producing a cool finish two minutes from time for the winner. Harry Pickering was dismissed for the host when he brought down Liam DeLapp as the last man in the 17th minute, and the visitors defended obstinately until Connolly's late heroics. Bristol City nil, Birmingham City two. Birmingham City continued their unbeaten start to the 23-24 campaign with a 2-0 win over Bristol City on the road at Ashton Gate. Substitute Koji Miyoshi scored his first goal for the club since his summer transfer from Royal Antwerp, volleying to the net from a corner a minute before half-time. Janina Bakuna struck the post early in the second half before the Robins saw Rob Dickey sent off for a second yellow card with 15 minutes still on the clock. Lucas Jutzkovic also brought on from the bench, then wrapped up all three points for Birmingham with his second goal in as many games, scoring from close range as the visitors pounced on the counter-attack. The feel-good factor has been growing at the Blues ever since former NFL superstar Tom Brady was announced as a new minority owner, and Scott Hogan almost got them off to a perfect start inside 60 seconds, but his header landed on the wrong side of the crossbar, instead on top of the net. With most of the play centred around midfield, there was little in the way of attack for the majority of the first half, until John Eustace made an early change and brought on Miyoshi after only 41 minutes. He should have instantly broken the deadlock after Keshi Anderson squared the ball into the box, and Miyoshi began to celebrate as if so, only discover he'd been denied on the line by an outstretched leg from Joe Williams yet miyoshi did not miss when the ball came back into the box from the corner that followed striking it clean past max o'leary into the top corner to open his birmingham account bakuna almost made it two nil when he skipped past dicky and broke forward but he caught the far post as he tried to drill a shot into the bottom corner Bristol City, who have only now won one of their past six league matches at home, recorded no shots on target and all game and saw the task get harder when defender and recent signing Rob Dickey was sent off following a sloppy challenge on Jordan James. Out of nowhere, Sam Bell set up Nackie Wells for a golden opportunity to draw the Robins level, but somehow he scuppered his shot and sent Y from a few yards out before a Jordan James and Jutzkovic 1-2 put the match to bed late on. With that in mind, let's listen to Bristol City boss Nigel Pearson. Nigel, what are your reflections on a pretty
1: disappointing afternoon? Uh, too many mistakes. Um, not enough uh, care on the pitch. And, uh, and consequently, we've, we've been punished for, for simple errors, really. And when we've had chances, we've just not done enough with them. And Even when we're down to ten men, we've had an opportunity to 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 equalise and, and uh, but missed missed a pretty straightforward chance. seems to be a lack of intensity and obviously and <coughs> some missed passes as well. Can you explain that? Um, intensity in what way? I mean, well, I, I, I think in, in in the second half we were we we tried to to play with a bit more um, tempo. I think in the first half they they were very much. In the game, in terms of how they how they set up against us and countered, and we were we were just very um, laborious on the ball. Really, we didn't move it quick enough. Again, we didn't we didn't create enough chances in those wide areas, which is a disappointment and a, something that we've got to solve at home. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's look, it, it's. It's a day where we have to to take our medicine and, and admit that we weren't at our best, and uh, Birmingham deserved to win. Bizarrely, when they made their change, that seemed to kind of help them a bit. Um, that early change. Well, I mean, it, it, look, yeah, but that when a ball drops to a player in the box like for a set play, I mean, it's a good finish, but we had somebody who should have dealt with that, and we didn't deal with it, so. Um, that's, that's something that has been very good uh, with us in recent times, but everybody who is involved in it has to deal with it. So, yeah, always lessons to learn, I'm afraid. We, we, we sense a disappointment. Um, it, it's, it's not a day that we can really have any arguments about.
0: Leicester City 2, Cardiff City 1. Leicester maintained their perfect start to the season in dramatic fashion, as Cesar Casadei came off the bench to score an injury-time winner at home to Cardiff. Wanya markle Madevua fired the dominant host into the first-half lead with an emphatic first-time finish. But against the run of play, Aaron Ramsey equalised before the break with a spectacular swerving strike from almost 35 yards. If you haven't seen it online yet, I would highly recommend it. A heck of a finish. That inspired a second half revival from Cardiff, who wasted a fine chance to win, as Yeko Mita shot wide before Kasadai, who signed on loan from Chelsea only on Tuesday, struck from close range to save Leicester. Kasadai's goal came as relief for Leicester, finishing powerfully after fellow substitute Jamie Vardy appeared to be fouled in the penalty area to make it three wins from three under new manager Enzo Maresca. As for Cardiff, this was another cruel late consolation after they saw victory slip from their grasp in added time at Leeds on the opening weekend. It also means Errol Bullitt is still searching for his first league victory as Cardiff boss after a draw and two defeats. The team's contrast in early-season fortunes was evident in the opening exchanges at the King Power as Leicester started strongly, with goalkeeper Mads Hermansen strikingly positioned near the halfway line during long spells of possession for the home side. They were quick to demonstrate their attacking threat as Kelechi Iheanacho's beautiful curling left-footed shot from the edge of the penalty area beat Cardiff keeper Jack Annick, but hit the post. After Ian Acho saw another shot deflected narrowly wide, and Steffi Madavidi had a penalty appeal rejected after tangling with Marlon Romeo, Leicester's pressure eventually told as Kieran Dewsbury Hall's corner was not cleared and Marcel Modavua struck with a thumping first time shot. Cardiff could barely lay a glove on their opponents, but then, in first-half injury time, they scored out of absolutely nowhere, as Aaron Ramsey unleashed a stunning long-range shot, which dipped and swerved into the far corner and reeled that man's career back by about ten years. Even if the Bluebirds had done little to suggest they could get back into this contest, it was a magnificent way for the Welsh captain to score his first goal since returning to his boyhood club this summer. It seemed to rejuvenate Bullets' men, who came close to taking the lead early in the second half, as former glover Joe Rawls' low shot was palmed away by Hermanson. The game then started to open up with chances at both ends, Callum Doyle going close for Leicester with a shot, which Annick did well to tip wide. The best chance of all fell to Cardiff substitute Mitre. Romeo did superbly to dribble past three Leicester players before threading an excellent through-ball to Mitre. but one-on-one with Hermansen, the former Reading striker pulled his shot wide. That miss would prove costly as Leicester bundled in a late winner, initially appealing for a penalty as Vardy fell under a challenge, but instantly turning those complaints into celebrations as Casadayi fired in. Cardiff were crestfallen and their afternoon got even worse after that goal as Romeo was sent off for a second yellow card. With that in mind let's have a EFL review debut I believe in the form of, well two players actually, first manager of Cardiff, Errol Bullets, followed
2: by talisman and captain, Aaron Ramsey. How many chances you, you can create away game against uh, Leicester City to win the game? We created a lot. Second half we could f- finish the game 2-3-1, but at the end we lost 2-1, so uh, disappointing of course for me, for my players, for the fans, uh, we couldn't manage it uh, to score the goal second half. So, and then 90-plus, again we, got, uh, we received the goal, so we lost the game, so how I said, uh, we played a good game today, second half was really a great with the chances what we had uh we have to finish games when we have like, the chances we have to finish it if you don't finish then at the end uh, you pay for this
3: obviously a lot of positives to take from the game i thought especially second half we had a a, a few good opportunities to uh to get that second goal but um we couldn't quite capitalize on, on the chances we we made but um yeah, we need to learn to try and see out these games in the last few minutes, and um, yeah, that's two now that we've conceded really late on. But you know, they've had a little bit of luck as well in in them two games to uh, you know bounce and, and fall to one of their players at the crucial time. You know, we're we're early early days, yeah, into the season, but um, I think uh, it was evident, you know, especially in the second half there where we where we controlled, you know, large periods of that and uh, created a few good. Counter attacking opportunities for us, but um, yeah. And on a personal note, yeah, very very happy to to finally score back in that, that Cardiff jersey.
2: If you see from the first minute, uh, first half we defend uh, defend well. Uh, opponent had had a chance. It was a uh, from, the, from the corner kick. For the second ball, it was a great shot. Uh, when they lead uh, one move. one post ahead, they, they didn't create a lot of chances. But we, we stay well in, in defense. How is it? Second half, uh, we should uh, finish it. So Ramsey has scored a great goal, uh, maybe goal after months, I don't know. But it was a great goal. So then was uh, back in the game. Second half was everything open, and uh, I can say only we, we have to we have to add on our game second half on details. So these details are. This chance is what we create, that we put the ball inside the box. The
3: fans turned out in their numbers again today, which is uh, absolutely brilliant. So for me to share that with them again was pretty special. And, um, you know, I wanted to make the effort to get back down there and um, to celebrate with them. So um, I know a few of the boys weren't happy with that, with trying to keep off at the end. But um, no, it, it was a nice moment for me. And, um, and yeah, just uh, giving back again.
0: QPR 0, Ipswich 1. Conor Chaplin struck a second-half winner as Ipswich maintained their 100% start to the championship season with a battling victory against an impressive QPR at Loftus Road. QPR, with 20-year-old Sinclair Armstrong starring up front, created several excellent chances, but a combination of some fine goalkeeping by Vlachla Flaugli and some wayward finishing kept the score mostly level. Armstrong, who was forced off injured after the break, was desperately unlucky to not grab his second goal in two games in the first half when his strike hit both posts, whilst Osman Kakai somehow missed from close range after the break. The lively chaplain made the host pay when he scored at the second attempt from an eighth and broadhead cross with 15 minutes left, and the tractor boys held on for victory that took them back to the top of the table and ended a six-game losing run at Loftus Road. Now a game that I personally was able to attend. Sheffield Wednesday nil Preston North End 1. Sheffield Wednesday remained pointless in the Championship after being edged out by Preston at Hillsborough. Liam Lindsay's bullet header early in the second half was enough to ensure the points in a game which saw goal-scoring chances at a premium, which is really putting it lightly. Ryan Lowe's North End side remain unbeaten after picking up seven points in their opening three, two points adrift of early leaders Ipswich and Leicester. It's the first time the Owls have lost their opening three-league fixtures since 2007. Stoke City 1, Watford 0. Summer signing Andre Vigidal was the star turn again as Stoke City beat Watford to maintain their winning home start to the season. Just 11 months ago, it was in his only his second home game in charge, Alex Niels Potters lost 4-0 to the Hornets. Slaven Bilic's first game was Watford boss, but Watford have since got rid of two more managers, and Stokes showed ju- just much progress they had made under Neil, especially after an 11-man summer refit. Portuguese winger Vigidal scored the only goal of the game eight minutes into the second half, his fourth in three games, when he latched onto Kiani Hoover's deep wing right-wing cross. Wesley failed to connect, but fellow transfer window arrival Vigidal was coming in behind him, chested down, then swivelled to hit a fine right-footed shot, half-volley, into the top corner. Sunderland 2, Rotherham United 1. Sunderland boss Tony Mowbray said 17-year-old Joby Bellingham is a joy to work with after the midfielder scored his first senior goals in their comeback championship win over Rotherham. The summer arrival from Birmingham and, of course, younger brother of Real Madrid and England midfielder Jude Bellingham scored either side of half-time in front of more than 40,000 fans at the Stadium of Light. Hakim Odafin had driven Rotherham ahead, but their first attempt after 20 minutes. Bellingham almost headed an an almost instant equaliser and then stroked home the winner early in the second half before spurning a couple of chances at completing a hat-trick. It gave the Black Cats their first win of the season, and leaves Rotherham with just one point in their opening three games. And I feel like it's only appropriate that we have an interview from the man himself here, and of course the form of Joby Bellingham. Job,
4: what a day, two goals, your first professional goals in football, how did that feel?
5: Felt really good, yeah. Uh, The first one was more like, um, I I don't know, like relief because we've equalised, and then for the second one the buzz was insane. And I was just really delighted to have scored, um, and then scored again. It's incredible. Almost could have had a, a hat trick yeah. as well at times as well. I know, yeah, I know. There was there was two. I could have had four. I said to the uh, <laughs> the gaff said to me actually as soon as I came off. But um, yeah, I probably could have had four. There was a cut back. It was a really good play um, to begin with, and then there was a cut back, and it uh, he blocked it. You know, you expect the defender to go back the other way, but yeah, he's blocked it, and uh maybe on another day I'd have a hat trick, but yeah, it's okay.
4: Nevertheless, a really special day for you and the team as well.
5: Yeah, yeah, it was a good win. I thought I thought we played some really good stuff. You know, we started really well as we as we usually do. To be fair, and then it kind of tailed off a bit. You know, it got the tempo goes a bit slower, but I still think we were really good. You know, and there was there were so many good performances, top performances. You know, and and I'm just delighted that I uh, contributed. You know,
4: you mentioned the good performances; those have been abundant. You know, in the first two games of the season, but I guess does it feel good to have the result to match that today as well? Yeah,
5: definitely. I think. Um, we're working really hard and I think we're performing actually quite well, you know, despite the defeats and I think we've just had nothing to show for it in terms of points, but you know, it's football's not black and white, you know, there's, it's not just points you get, there's performances and things you go through throughout the week, you know, like your clips, how well you're doing and there's much more than just, just points. Obviously, that's what gets you up the table and at the, at the end of the day, it's what matters, but I think uh, for us players, you know, you have to analyse every game and I think we've we've done well. There's a lot of positives to take from the three games so far. And for you yourself
4: does that game today personify just how much you want to be involved in those big moments in games.
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just it's just the roar of the fans really, you know, it's something so special and I, I really enjoy playing here at home. And uh, yeah, so happy with that, yeah. On to the next one now. Yeah, yeah. Cov next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in the Midlands, yeah, so I'll <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I can get another one, but yeah, it's it's more important about the uh, the win. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be a tough game. Obviously, cover a really good side, and it's a really tough place to go. I know going there last year was so difficult. They're on such a high, so uh, yeah, we'll see. Two good teams.
4: And just finally, you mentioned the role of the fans when that goal went in. Great support once again today.
5: Yeah, yeah, top support. Forty thousand it was today, and it was it was still. You wouldn't notice that. You know, there was still empty seats and whatnot because uh, obviously the stadium's so big. But uh, but yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, the the roar for the second one. As I say, the first one was a bit bit more relief. Probably because the ball scrambled over the line as well. But yeah, the second one was, was such a great feeling. I didn't really know what to do when I scored, obviously, because it's the first, first one and first two. So yeah, yeah it, was, it was a really good feeling. Yeah. Swansea City won, Coventry City won.
0: Swansea came from behind to draw with Coventry to leave Michael Duff still waiting for a first league win as the Welsh club's head coach. Coventry were the more menacing side in the first half and went ahead thanks to Matty Gordon's precise finish but Swansea responded inside two minutes, as summer signing Jerry Yates' header looped into the far post. After a gain of very few clear-cut opportunities, Duff, and opposite number Mark Robbins, could take some satisfaction, having banked a point apiece. Middlesbrough 1, Huddersfield Town 1. Middlesbrough and Huddersfield both earned their first point of the championship season in a one all draw at the Riverside. Hayden Hackney hammered in Burroughs' first goal of the campaign to rescue a point for his side, levelling after Dale Fry had given the Terriers the lead by turning Sorba Thomas' corner into his own net, two minutes into the second half. But Huddersfield went closest during a flurry of early attempts, Brahima Diarra hitting a post from Thomas' testing delivery. Samuel Silvera could have won the game for Michael Carrick's side in second half added time, sending a shot over the crossbar when Isaiah Jones provided the winger with a presentable chance as part of a counter-attack. Now, one more interview from the Championship here, and I think we'll bring back an old favourite. Let's listen to Huddersfield town boss Neil Wardock. Gaffer, that was
6: a a well-earned point here at Borough. We we could have got more, but we've been saying that a lot. But it's a a starting point for us. Yeah, I think
7: all three games we could have won. That's how how close it is. But it was great today. They've given me everything again. I I kept the same team because I I couldn't see a fault last week. I thought they were super. And then... uh, it was nice to you know, to get come and get a point. I'm disappointed a little bit. I know that near the end they had a couple of chances, but I thought second half we, we talked at half time and I thought the first twenty minutes we were right on as game, had three or four good chances, couldn't quite put it away. And you know, even the first half we had a couple of Diarra had a really good chance, we just went wide and what have you. So it's about taking your chances, but I can't can't ask any more. They give me everything.
6: Like you said, that period just after the break was, you know, exceptional. It was one of the, the most exciting we've had so far. Sorber Thomas, especially going forward, was as best as we've seen him for, for a little while. Where was that performance from? Is that something you've been working on with Sorber?
7: Well i just ask him to enjoy it a bit more. I think today, rather than just be a, a member of the team, I thought he, he, he was... A dominant force today. I thought he contributed a lot more than normal. Uh, You know, we all know he can cross a ball, but I thought his his all-round play today was the best I've seen him today. So, well done to him.
6: Burr aren't a, a bad side at all? That they, they caused plenty of problems. But at the back, I thought Matty Pearson and, and Lee Nichols were, were exceptional. Um, it's not too bad when you've got players like that to call on, is it?
7: No, no. I mean, they're all. I can't fault any of the lads. They're a really good group of lads. That's one of the reasons I stayed on, really, because you can't fault any of the effort. There's no, there's you know, no chances in this team. So I was, I was I'm really pleased. I thanked them today. I thought the effort they gave me was really because I didn't want to come up here and, and get beat. If I'm honest. Um, I had a good time up here, so it was nice to come and get a result.
6: We, we spoke to Matty Pearson, did the press conference before the game, and, and Lee Nichols just now. We've spoken to him, and they've brought <clears> both brought up the, the Leicester performance, and that seems to be a, a real thing that they've built some belief and, and built on that. And if we, you know, we didn't win that, but we've got a point here, this seems like we can actually get a season going properly now.
7: Yeah, I think I think I don't. I'm not sure any of the lads thought we could play as well as we did against Leicester or the staff. Um, they surprised, you know, everybody, because of the, you know, the value of their team, you know, substitutes as well. Uh, but I think it just showed you, and we played some good football as well. And I think you, 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 when you can see that the crowd's enjoying it and they get behind us, you know, you've done all right. And that's what the crowd. The crowd's been fantastic today as well. Really vocal. It's lovely to hear them like that.
6: It reminds me a little bit of last season when you came back in. There was a, a couple of games at the start. Obviously, we won the first one, but there's a couple of games that might have knocked his confidence a little bit. And then a surprise result and a surprise win, and a little bit of belief came back and we built on it. And
7: that could be almost similar to, to now, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a team better than Leicester in the division. So I think we can go home and away, me. Um, yes, it, you know, it would be nice to just have another one or two in before the end of the window, but... If, you know, we've just got to get on with it. They're a good group. Uh, we're short of goals, really, so we need, we need somebody contributing at the corners, things like that. I think if we work a little bit harder, you know, we're going to win them back post-headers. So you, I think there's goals to be had from somebody coming back in at the other side, so we'll, we'll work hard this week on that. Just a a final
6: word for Delano Bergzog, his first performance for the club today. He's he's only been here really 48 hours and had a couple of sessions, but he had a a few bright moments, I thought.
7: Yeah, he did. I mean, I just said to him, this is not where you've been. This is a difficult, a lot difficult, and you've got to work your socks off. But it seems a nice lad he's listening, and he's got tremendous ability. Um, You know, he's got really good feet, and and hopefully give us something different. Neil, thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you final championship game for us now and that took place on the Sunday. Norwich City 3, Millwall 1. Midfielder Jonathan Rowe scored up for a fourth match running as unbeaten Norwich eased past the low par Millwall at Carrow Road. The impressive Rowe capped an incisive run and a neat one too with Ashley Barnes with a superb cushion finish into the far corner to give the Canaries a half-time lead. The visitor's defence was culpable for Norwich's second, allowing Josh Sargent a free run to beat Gabriel Sara's free kick and glance a header in off the right-hand post. Jack Stacey's near-post cross broke, the, broke to Barnes, who drilled in a low finish into the far corner for his 100th league goal, before Millwall substitute Idemo sent swept in a fine stoppage time consolation. So, let's take a look at the Championship table. Two teams with three wins from three. They are, at top of the tree, Ipswich Town with a goal difference of four. Leicester, one goal behind them in second. Four teams who are still presently unbeaten. and Norwich, Birmingham, Southampton and Preston North End, all on seven points. Just outside the playoffs on six, sit Hull and Stoke. One team are yet to pick up any points uh, in this championship season. That is, unfortunately, Sheffield Wednesday. Four teams have only picked up one point from their first three games. They are Cardiff City, Huddersfield Town,
8: Rotherham United and Middlesbrough. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later. Much later... (sighs) Thank goodness for Chalmers accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation.
7: Visit our website www.ajwakely.com for more information or call Clive Wakeley on
0: 01935-479913. Right then, on to League One. And shall we start with a big one? Bolton Wanderers Nil, Wigan Athletic 4. Charlie Wyke and Stephen Humphreys both scored twice as Wigan move out of the League One relegation zone with a 4 0 derby route of leaders Bolton. The Latics started the campaign with an eight point deduction, of course, and have won three and drawn one of their opening four fixtures to completely wipe out that deficit already. And this impressive success over previously unbeaten Bolton could not have been sweeter for the Latics' 4,000 travelling fans. Striker Wyke started and finished the scoring, heading the visitors in front after only 12 minutes and firing his fifth of the season 15 minutes from time. Humphreys had been the star of Wigan's first-half show, netting in the 24th minute, when Nathan Baxter could only parry skipper skipper Callum Lang's shot. In first-half stoppage time, Lang broke the offside trap and as Bolton failed to clear their box, Humphreys fired into the unguarded net. For all their possession and goal attempts, Bolton were well beaten, and Josh dacres coagleys 47th-minute miss from close range summed up Bolton's afternoon. Barnsley 1, Oxford United 3. Oxford made it three wins on the trot in League 1, after beating Barnsley 3-1 at Oakwell. Cameron Brannigan scored an early penalty to put Oxford in front, and Jordan Williams' own goal made it 2-0 just before the half-hour. Devante a pulled the goal back for Barnsley with 20 minutes left, but Tyler Goodrum sealed the points for the improving visitors late on. Blackpool nil, Leighton Orient nil. Unbeaten Blackpool registered a third consecutive nil-nil draw in the league as they were held at home by Leighton Orient. Goalkeepers Dan Grimshaw and Sam Howells both produced an excellent performance to ensure the deadlock was not broken and earned newly promoted Orient their first point of the season. Cambridge United 2 Bristol Rovers nil. Substitutes Feji Okunabere and Sully Kakai scored late to give Cambridge their third win in four League One games by beating Bristol Rovers 2-0 at the Abbey. Okunabere's curling finish into the 78th minute opened the scoring before Kakai wrapped up the points in stoppage time to consign Bristol Rovers to a first defeat of the season. The visitors had the best chance of the first half when a poor back header from Liam Bennett in the 22nd minute was intercepted by John Marquis, who rounded Jack Stevens but clipped the ball across the goal where it was clear to safety. Rovers then wasted a good chance after the break when Aaron Collins raced clear in the 68th minute but could only fire straight at Stevens. Joey Barton's side were punished late on when Kakai worked the ball to Okanabire, who curled the shot from the left-hand side of the box into the far corner. As Rovers pushed for an equaliser in injury time, a Cambridge break in the 96th minute, led by Okunabere and George Thomas, left Kakai with a simple finish. Let's listen to Cambridge United boss Mark Bonner.
9: Mark, a 2 win here against Bristol Rovers. You must be absolutely delighted with your team's performance. Yeah,
10: I thought we were brilliant from uh, from start to finish. I thought we deserved it. Played uh, Played the plan. Superbly well defended, great, um, very patient in our game. Counter attack well, maybe maybe could have been more productive in the first half with that, but um, yeah, really really strong performance on a roasting hot day at the end of a busy and tough week. Games that we've played, so fair fair credit to the players. I think they've been outstanding. Um, To get a third clean sheet in four league games is is massive for us, and the impact of those boys that came off the bench was uh, outstanding. Yeah, it was a lesson lesson in patience, wasn't it? Because despite a good performance
5: the
9: whole way through looked like maybe it was sort of getting on the way to a draw but the team kept going and got the rewards in the end.
10: Yeah and we shouldn't turn our nose up at draws, it did look like that and we wouldn't have been too dissatisfied with that but the, uh, the impact that the boys made was great, I thought Faye's performance was outstanding it's a great finish, Sule as well came on and gave us a really good threat uh, and we defended out lots of moments well Jack Stevens has made a couple of big big saves today at 0-0 so all credit to him for his performance and uh, yeah puts us in a, a good position early on but um, it, it gives everybody a nice uh, confidence going into the next batch of games. Perhaps the best all-round performance so far this season? Maybe, but probably because of the timing of it and the response from uh, a day that didn't go our way Tuesday night um, and the fact that it was as hot as it was. I thought there was lots of good things in it. I think every game's looked a little different. It was some excellent performances so far. I think we played really well four times and looked a good side. Um, and that's good, but, but we have to continue now and get ourselves ready for Orient next week.
9: Another feel good atmosphere here at the Abbey again this afternoon, so it was great to send everyone home, everybody home happy on what was a milestone fixture for the club?
10: Yeah, I really enjoyed the atmosphere today, it's tough when it's hot and, and your teams being patient and not chasing after everyone but um, we couldn't play like that today, we have to play the way to win a game and uh, often supporters don't know why we're doing what we're doing but um, yeah, I thought they handled that well and, and kept their patience and created a really good atmosphere, really supported the players, it was, uh, it was a good game, we've, we've played some good games here now and. Um, to take to take nine points so far, we're, we're really pleased with that.
9: And although early days, nice to send everyone home top of the league as well. It's something that they can enjoy for a bit.
10: Yeah, look, uh, I think anytime you can see that, you'll be happy. Um, it's four games, so it doesn't really mean anything to us at the moment, other than uh, it's nice and creates a little bit of banter in the dressing room, but yeah, we, we've got to um, we've got to continue that work now. And I, I'm, I'm just pleased with the level of performance that we found. I think we've looked a good side, and we have to continue putting those together because there's also lots of areas where I think we can get better, and players can still get fitter and stronger. And those that are a little bit behind and joined us late have got more to come. So that's encouraging.
0: Charlton Athletic 2, Port Vale 3. Port Vale celebrated their first league away win since January 1st, as Funzo Ojo's 87th-minute goal settled an end-to-end 3-2 win over Charlton. Summer signing Alfie May opened his goal account for Charlton in the 10th minute. The striker rifled his penalty home after referee Sonny Singh Gill ruled that keeper Connie Ripley had impeded Daniel Karnu. Alex Icavotti cleared a Corey Blackett-Taylor shot off his goal line as the home team dominated the opening quarter. But Vale produced a quick-fire double in the early stages of the second half. First, James Wilson headed Ethan Chislett's excellent free kick beyond Ashley Maynard Brewer. Then, moments later, Charlton's defence crumbled and Chislett went through to emphatically finish. The Abex levelled in the 71st minute, Daniel Carney producing a deft header from Blackett-Taylor's cross for his second goal of the week. Ojo in Shortvale ended a 12-game winless run on the road with a late clincher. Maynard Brewer bravely saved at the feet of substitute Josh Thomas, but he was able to guide the loose ball back across for a simple tapping. Derby County 1, Fleetwood Town 0. Martin Waghorn scored for the second time in four days to give Derby a 1-0 win over Fleetwood that ended a run of three home defeats. Derby swarmed all over Fleetwood from start to finish and got their goal dominance deserved in the 23rd minute. Northampton Town 1, Peterborough United nil. Mitch Pinnock scored a remarkable goal in the final minute of normal time, as Northampton picked up their first win of the League One season by beating local rivals Peterborough 1-0 at Sixfields. Pinnock's volley from 40 yards out, carried over the line by goalkeeper Nicholas Bielekapik, gave the Cobblers their first win in this fixture, known as the Neen Derby, since 2006, and ended Posh's 100% start to the season. Now, for one that was a little bit weirder, Portsmouth 0, Cheltenham Town 0. You never know when you might get called into action, as one found found out when he ran the line in Portsmouth goalless league draw with Cheltenham on Saturday. Not one, but two assistant referees were injured, leading for an appeal for qualified officials at Fratton Park. Fourth official Stephen Brown took over in the first half, but was replaced himself early in the second, with a supporter from the South Stand coming to the rescue for the final 35 minutes, plus an additional 21 minutes of stoppage time. the local league referee, Julian Browning, told BBC Radio 5 Live 606 he was wearing shorts and trainers and got some kit from the second assistant referee. Shorts and socks that another official had spare and a pair of gold boots appeared in the change room. What was quite good is that this was probably the only interesting thing that happened during that game in what was an incredibly boring match at Fratton Park. Reading 2, Stevenage Nil. Ten man Stevenage surrendered their 100% start to the league one season when they were beaten 2 0 at struggling Reading. Stevenage defender Nathan Thompson was sent off for a second yellow card in the 22nd minute, and Reading took advantage when Kelvin Ehiphatiman uh, nodded home in the fourth minute of first half stoppage time it's important to know online uh, that well, mainly on reading social media that they simply refer to him as kelvin e and for the purposes of basically me not continuing to butcher his surname we will refer to him as kelvin e from now on kelvin e aged 20 tapped in his second goal and fourth of the campaign in the 57th minute to secure reading's second successive victory Yes, this feels better already. Shrewsbury Town 0, Lincoln City 1. Ethan Hamilton scored the winner to help Lincoln to a 1-0 victory at Shrewsbury in the league. The recent signing from Accrington struck his first goal for the club to stretch the Imps' unbeaten league run to three games. The hosts went close on the half-hour mark when Jordan Shipley drove a low cross into the heart of the box, which Ryan Bowman met but turned wide. Shrewsbury had another chance two minutes later when Daniel Udo played a creative ball over the top to Taylor Perry. The young midfielder darted into the box, but Lucas Jensen blocked his close range effort. The imps went close in the 55th minute when the ball landed at the feet of Hamilton on the edge of the box, but Marco Morosi parried his effort away. Shrewsbury responded a minute later from a corner which reached Jay Dunkley in the middle of the box. The Shrews skipper headed looked destined for the top corner, but Jensen managed to get a hand to it. The visitors took the lead with just over 10 minutes remaining when Hamilton found the bottom corner from just inside the box. Wickham Wanderers 0, Burton Albion 0. Wickham were frustrated by the performance of Burton goalkeeper Max Crocombe as they were held to a 0-0 draw at Adams Park. Crocombe's heroics between the posts helped earn the Brewers their first point of the season and denied the Chairboys what they felt would have been a deserved second win of the week. Those of you that have listened to the EFL view for some time now will know the difficulty of Max Crocombe as he always continued to create many issues for those when he was in goal for Grimsby last year. Sam Vokes almost struck an opening goal for Wickham after 16 minutes when his volley from Kane Vincent Young's pass was brilliantly tipped away by Crocombe himself in what was an incredibly boring game of very limited chances. And finally, Carlisle United nil, Exeter City 2. Ryan Trevitt and Dimitri Mitchell scored as Exeter beat Carlisle 2-0 at Brunton Park. Exeter found the breakthrough when Trevitt struck 20 minutes from time for his first professional goal. Mitchell stroked home with eight minutes left to secure all three points, but Carlisle may have felt aggrieved he was not sent off in the first half after a possible second bookable offence. United started well, and Sean Maguire pulled the first-minute shot narrowly wide of the Exeter goal before Finn Bach's volley whistled close as the home side dominated the early moments. Maguire again created an opening for Carlisle, heading a decent chance into Viljamni Sinisalo's grateful grasp. The city keeper was called into action again when Maguire fired low on 53 minutes. Despite the Carlisle pressure, Trevitt fired home from the edge of the box to give the Grecians the lead on 70 minutes. On 82 minutes, Mitchell got on the end of a Jack Ancinson cross and picked out of the bottom corner to seal the game. Or Exeter, in of course, what is a very famous away draw, uh, a wave uh, match for Exeter, and made the journey back to Devon just that little bit
8: better. So, with that in mind, let's listen to Exeter City manager Gary Caldwell. Well, Gary 2 0, and 350 miles is going to be a lot easier.
11: Yeah, we just said that. Uh... Fantastic result after a really difficult week, playing away at Portsmouth on Tuesday, having to recover. We left on Thursday afternoon to come down, big thanks to the the football club for backing the the preparations. Financially uh, it's a big cost but thankfully we we got the win to, to repay everyone's efforts to uh, to get a result here today.
8: We'll start with the first half and we saw that Demi Mitchell was on a yellow card and he kind of felt, fell thin back and um, was there kind of thoughts in your mind that that might be a red there and it could change a game?
11: I, I, you always worry I think in the modern game now it's so easy to, to get booked, uh, you always worry but I felt like it was an innocuous challenge that you know he, there was no malice in it. Uh, even his first one I felt it ran away from him and he was trying to win the ball so uh, you're always a little bit worried, but thankfully he kept living on the pitch.
8: And it, well, he's he crucial in he was crucial in almost both of the goals. And, and Ryan Trevitt took his first one really well.
11: Yeah, brilliant goal. He's he's a player uh, that, that's been brilliant since he came into the club, and he's someone that I can see scoring a lot more goals. He's the way he, he took his touch to to open up the angle, and he has a brilliant knack of you know, rather than trying to uh, hit it clean, he has a brilliant knack of finding the corner or making it difficult for the goalie to save and it was, whilst it wasn't a kind of finish that flew into the goal, it was a brilliant finish in terms of his, his understanding of how he's going to score from that angle.
8: It's almost a similar description to Demi's goal as well, the way that he just flicked it into that bottom corner and 2-0. And when you're away from home is so much more comfortable, isn't
11: it? Yeah, brilliant. I felt like after the first 15 minutes of the second half, we, we looked a stronger team. We The the finishers came on, I thought Sonny Cox was was brilliant when he came on. He gave us a real attacking threat and kept the ball higher up the pitch for us. Uh, and after we got the two goals, then we, we tried to see the game out with the substitutions we made. But uh, it's a big team effort. The whole football club has made a big effort this week to, to win this game. And. It's put us in a great position in the league and a, a fantastic start so far.
8: Up until that point, it was quite a scrappy game, quite a sloppy game. Do you think it was just a case of whoever got the first goal was just going to go on and win that one?
11: Yeah, I think so and I think, you know, we've been very good defensively this the start of this season. It was a big question mark last season, it was a big question mark pre-season and in fairness, the whole team has stood up uh, to set pieces, to working off the ball. We look a much harder team to play against than we were, we were last season and that allows you Uh, moments to go and win the game away from home and when we got our two moments we took them and uh, it was a classic away performance but I've just said to the players I think we're at about 50% of our potential we're a new team we're a new group and whilst you know when we lose games like we did on Tuesday we analyse and we we find ways we can improve and it's it's the same when we win we don't think you know we're the finished article we're far from it we have a lot of improvement to make and uh, I think that's a good thing
8: considering the start we've had. Are there any specific improvements you'd make on Monday morning when you're back on the training
11: ground? <laughs> yeah, we'll analyse the game and we'll look back, but I think we can still get a better understanding of, of each other. It's, like I There's a lot of new players in the team, uh, how we want to play. I think we can keep possession much better than we are. We're not finding the free player as often as I would like, uh, but what the players are giving me at the moment is incredible in terms of effort, togetherness, desire not to, to lose football matches and keep clean sheets is brilliant, and when you do that, it gives you every chance to win the game.
8: Yeah, one more from me is um, that you took the two days to travel up here. Do you think that just felt that we were fresher going into today rather than if we'd travelled up, say, yesterday?
11: You have no doubt in my mind. We, it took us about six hours to to get to, to Wimslow on Thursday, where the players could then recover in the pool. We, we had dinner. We trained Friday morning. I'll be honest, training was horrendous on Friday morning. <laughs> I think that was partly down to the journey but it felt like we got that out of our legs and uh, travelled up Friday afternoon to, to Penrith, managed again to get another pool session to, to help the players recover and be as physically as good as they could be. So, like I said, it's a whole football club that's contributed to winning this match today and uh, we should all be very proud after a, a really difficult week.
8: And the contribution came from the fans that came over today as well. It's not just the players and the staff that make the journey, the fans as well, and they were excellent from the very first whistle.
11: Yeah, they're amazing and I'm, I'm just really thankful that we can give them something so that, you know, the, the long, long trip was worthwhile and they can, you know, go back and hopefully have a few drinks in the bus and, and celebrate on the way down because they've got a long way to go.
8: Gary, thank you very much. Right, thank you. So what has that done to
0: the League One table? Well, no team has won all four matches at opening this League One campaign, but five of them have won three out of four. And a team that survived League One's uh, on the final day last year sit top of the tree after four games. And that is in the form of Cambridge United. Bolton would have been running away with it, of course, if they'd not been so heavily uh, beaten yesterday. But, of course, they still sit in second. The other three teams with nine wins from a part of a possible 12 are Peterborough, Oxford United and Stevenage. Portsmouth round out the playoff picture. At the bottom, no team are yet to pick up any points, so that's a positive for many teams. That being said, four teams have only picked up one out of their possible 12. They are Fleetwood Town, Cheltenham Town, Leyton Orient and Burton Albion. So, League One all done and dusted. We've got just enough time to take a look at League Two. And we are going to fire through some of these games slightly faster, mainly because some of these games, some you may have already seen online, had quite a few goals in it. However, the one we're starting with was not one of those. Accrington-Stanley 2, Harrogate Town 1. Jack Nolan fired home an injury-time winner for 10-man Accrington against Harrogate. Stanley dominated the chances in the first half, with Tommy Lee firing wide, J. Rich Bakaholu heading just over, and Sean Wally skying an effort into the 6-yard box. However, the Reds took the lead on 28 minutes when they were awarded a free kick, following a foul on Wally, and Sean McConville found the top corner from 25 yards. Harriger almost equalised in the first half with goalkeeper Toby Savin denying Luke Armstrong from close range. After the break Harrogate keeper Mark Oxley denied Wally twice and Josh Andrews as Stanley looked for a second. But then Accrington defender Seb Quirk saw red on 82 minutes for two yellow cards and from the resulting free kick into the area Luke Armstrong's header was turned into net by Warren Burrell. Wally's overhead kick rattled the post before in the 8th minute of added time Nolan rifled home a 30-yard free kick for Accrington. Colchester United 2, MK Dons 3. Substitute Matt Dennis scored a late winner as MK Dons staged a comeback to beat Colchester. Dennis fired home in the 10th minute of stoppage time to make it three wins from four for the Dons and move them up to second place in the table. Ex-Colchester man Alex Gilby equalised in the mi- 88th minute. Sorry, after Joe Taylor's brace had cancelled out Mo Ice's early opener, but Colchester into the lead. Crawley Town nil, Gillingham 1. Gillingham continued their dream start to the season with a victory at Crawley. Harry Ransom's own goal just before the break sent Crawley down to their first home defeat in nearly six months and it came after an early penalty miss by the Reds by Dom Telford. Crew Alexander 2, Walsall Two, a stoppage time strike from Jack Powell's salvage crew, a point against Walsall. The Roweman came from two down at Gresty Road after an early goal from Freddie Draper, and a belting effort from Isaac Hutchinson in the first half appeared to have earned Walsall their second success of the campaign. But Powell's late cross from the left evaded everyone to land in the net after Elliot Nevitt's effort on the hour mark had cut the deficit. The Saddlers were quick off the mark and taking the lead after just 37 seconds through on-loan Lincoln teenager Freddie Draper. Goalkeeper Harry Davis could only glove an audacious lob from Danny Johnson in the path of Draper who touched home from close range. Doncaster Rovers 1, Notts County 3. Macaulay Langstaff scored a double as Notts County strolled to victory over struggling Doncaster to secure their first away triumph of the campaign. Last season's national league top scorer Langstaff netted his first two goals of the campaign, while Jody Jones also found the net as the Magpies dominated at the Eco Power Stadium. That's the keep moat to you and I. After a scrappy opening game, opening to the game, sorry, Langstaff, who scored 42 goals last term, opened the scoring after 28 minutes as he volleyed home an excellent cross from John Bostock. Doncaster sent on three substitutes at half-time, but Notts County doubled their lead inside the first minute of the second period when Langstaff ghosted into the box to head in a Sam Austin cross from six yards. Rovers rallied briefly and had a mountain to climb after 54 minutes when Jones dribbled a ball into the near post after latching on to a Dan Crowley cross. Langstaff almost grabbed his hat-trick on the hour mark but scuffed a header from David McGoldrick's deflected cross. Substitute Deji Satana fired in from 10 yards deep into stoppage time to reduce the deficit, but it was a scant consolation for a well-beaten Doncaster. Forest Green Rovers 0, Newport County 3. Will Evans scored just after 13 seconds to send Newport on their way to a 3 nil victory at Forest Green. The Exile striker got in the end of Ryan Delaney's header to stun the hosts and struck again when he collected, collected Adam Lewis's ball over the top. New Forest, Green keeper pl- creepier, new Forest Green player coach Troy Deeney did come on for his debut. But Lewis added a third from the spot after Jamie Robson had handled the ball and Rovers' miserable afternoon ended with Sean Robertson's red for a late challenge. Grimsby Town won, Mansfield Town won. Mansfield came back from a goal down to earn a point against Grimsby at Blundell Park and preserved their unbeaten start in the league. Informed Grimsby winger Abu Issa opened the scoring before Mansfield striker Reese Oates came off the substitute bench to grab the equaliser. Morecambe 3, Bradford City 0. Two goals from Michael Mellon helped Morecambe to victory over Bradford at the Mazuma. Mellon opened the scoring with a superb 22nd minute free kick, while the penalty four minutes from time came after JJ McKinnon's first for the Shrimps. Mellon's first was a sweet strike from just outside the box after a Richie Smallwood foul on former Bradford midfielder Jan Sinogo. The visitors started the second period on the front foot with Jacob Bidot forcing into a fine block to deny Tyler Smith before Eli King headed a Smallwood corner inches wide of his own goal. After surviving the pressure, the home side doubled their lead with a well-worked second when Mellon turned provider to play in McKinnon, who drilled a low shot past Harry Lewis from the edge of the area. They completed the scoring with a third from the spot after Kevin Macdonald brought down Jake Taylor and Mellon stepped up to send Lewis the wrong way. Excuse me. Stockport County won. Barrow, nil. Stockport secured their first win of the season by beating Barrow. Louis Barry's 66th-minute strike earned victory for last season's beaten playoff finalists. Both sides settled into the game fairly slowly with the first half ultimately lacking quality finishing. Stockport's best first-half chance came as Isaac Alefe, beat his man to to be one-on-one with Joe Lillis, who made himself big and produced an excellent save. The Hatters were lucky to have 11 men on the pitch after Carl Noyle's high challenge forced former Glover Courtney Duffus off the field. Barrow threatened in the first period with three shots on target, but they were all too comfortable for homekeeper Ben Hinchcliffe. After the interval, Stockport seemed on a mission with a close-range shot from captain, and of course another glover, Paddy Madden, forcing Lillis into making a tough save. The Hatters eventually took the lead through Barry, whose shot from outside the box thumped past Lillis. Barrow could not respond, and the hosts' offensive resilience was enough to clinch their first victory of the season, to the delight of manager Dave Challoner and the home supporters. Now we get into plenty of goals. Sutton United nil, AFC Wimbledon. 3. AFC Wimbledon scored three second-half goals to extend their promising unbeaten record in League Two with victory away over local rival Sutton. Goals from Ryan Johnson, Harry Pell and James Tilly did the damage as the visitors made the two wins and two draws from their opening four league games. Tranmere Rovers 3, Salford City Bore. Callum Hendry's second-half hat-trick was enough to give Salford a thrilling win at Tranmere. The visitors twice fought back from a goal down before Hendry took over in the second period to give the Amis the victory. Connor Jennings opened the scoring for Tranmere after six minutes, slipping between two defenders and heading Leo Connors cross past Alex Cairns. Salford fought back and netted a deserved equaliser through Matt Smith. Former glover Liam Shepard sent Luke Bolton to the byline, and when his pullback found Smith, who had hit the post with the towering header six minutes earlier, he made no mistake with a clinical first-time finish. Two minutes later, Christian Dennis restored Tramier's lead. Salford failed to deal with Jake Leake's long throw that Luke Norris flicked on, and Dennis's shot had turned cannoned in off the post. Hendry's leveller came with less than a minute of the second half played when he collected a pass from Smith and ran at the defence before finishing coolly. He struck again midway through the second half, firing in as the Rovers' defence failed to deal with the ball in their own box. Tranmere tried to hit back, but Cairn saved twice from Dennis and Ryan Watson, and moments after Salford's Matt Lund had hit the post, Hendry completed his treble with another well-placed strike. There was still time for Charlie Jolly to make it 4-3, but Salford held on for the three points. And finally, and the game we all kind of knew was coming, Wrexham 5 Swindon Town, 5. Elliot Lee's stoppage time goal saw Wrexham recover to secure a point in a 10-goal thriller against Swindon in what you might describe as a Hollywood finish. Charlie Austin created Swindon's opening goal for Jake Young before his side second. Jake Berkestaf replied, but Dan Kemp and Young's second made it 4-1. Lee's penalty and James Jones gave Wrexham hope before Kemp scored Swindon's fifth, only for late goals from Jones and Lee to seal a dramatic comeback. Rather than listen to me explain it in detail, why don't we listen to Swindon town boss, Michael Flynn?
9: Michael, five will draw today. How do you assess that one?
12: Um, Should have been eight of side. Best team on the pack by a mile. Uh, individu- individual errors have cost us, and that one at the end where the referees give a free kick—I've just watched it back. It's clearly at his shoulder, so and his view was hampered. So, um, yeah, I don't know how we've seen it, but I'll concentrate on what we can affect. And some of our defend- defending in key moments at times wasn't good enough.
9: Sidhu so came back into the side today. How do you think he did in his return?
12: I thought he was excellent, best player on the pack. Um, there's a few of them who had outstanding games, um, you know. But like I said, mistakes have cost us. We've come away to Wrexham, played some unbelievable football, scored five goals. Could have been more, you know. They had a lot. They've had a lot of luck as well. Their centre backs need score known goal. We have hit the bar. Um, yeah, very very frustrated. Talk about
9: the positives there, but the first half performance. You know, what do you think of that?
12: I thought it was excellent. Four one up. Um, give them their goal. Could have been outside. Um, and that's the frustrating thing, and that's the reason why we haven't got three points. Because um, we look very, very dangerous today, but we've caused our own problems.
9: Second half, they got two quick-fire goals, as you mentioned there. And it, you know, at that sort of time, you've got to sort of maintain that pressure and sort of learn how to deal with it.
12: Oh, it's just stupid mistakes, isn't it? Pulling people in the box, you're gonna, you're gonna um, have a penalty against you. Um, so we need to cut that out. Um, But yeah, lots to be positive about. But obviously, I'm hurt and I'm frustrated because it's a game we should have never have not walked away with three points.
9: Looking at the game as a whole, as you mentioned, it feels more like two points lost rather than point gained.
12: Well, it is two points lost. Let's not dress it up. It's two points lost, and that's four we've lost now um, from winning positions. So um, yeah, it's uh, stuff to do, and and let's work on a little bit of their mentality in, in key moments.
9: Word on the way sports support today, how brilliant were they?
12: Superb. Absolutely unbelievable. They'll go away fuming, frustrated. Well, I think they've got their money's worth. Um, and as frustrated uh, as I am, I'm also proud of the way we play football.
9: And change of competition next, Arsenal in the Champions League and the EFL Trophy.
12: I'll think about that tomorrow when um, I've come back.
0: Needless to say, that is one very annoyed manager. Turning to the League 2 table, then, one team who are still unbeaten, and that is Gillingham, 12 points out of four games. One team with three wins from four, they are MK Dons, M- uh, ASC Wimbledon still unbeaten, with eight points sitting in third. Six teams on seven points, they are Accrington Stanley, Salford, Barrow, Morecambe, Crawley, and Notts County. At the wrong end of the table, Doncaster sit with only one point from four games, whereas Colchester have yet to pick up any points, but have played one game less. So, that brings us to the end of this week's EFL review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. I'll be back on Friday to take a look at next week's fixtures. Until then, I hope you have a lovely week. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.